Broadcasting live from the Capital OTB Studios, this is Racing Across America with Seth Merrow. Good morning and welcome to Racing Across America on this Saturday morning. I am Seth Merrill. Thanks for uh, joining us. Um, hope to be joined by Jenny Reese and a few uh, from uh, Kentucky Downs. We'll talk a little Kentucky Downs action. They're eh, just past halfway in their uh, seven-day meet, four days down, uh, three days still to go. And we'll talk a little bit about that really nice stakes day down at uh, Kentucky Downs uh, today. So we'll be joined by her in a little bit. Um, New York Racing returns on Thursday, a little bit of a break after Saratoga. Uh, will be Belmont at Aqueduct again. And it looks like, you know, with the discussion over the past couple of weeks, it seems like it's tilting more and more towards we will not see Belmont for a while. They will, they will be on the sidelines while a new Belmont is constructed. It's not a done deal yet, but it looks like uh, Belmont stakes 2024-2025 uh, potentially uh, up at Saratoga. Um, uh, other, you know, the outside Saratoga rest of the year will be at Aqueduct, and it seems like that's going to be kind of the game plan with things um, being on the sidelines as far as Belmont for a little bit of a while now. We'll, we'll see how it plays. Again, as I say, it's not set in stone uh, at this point. Um, numbers are out for uh, Saratoga 2023. Uh, handle just missed eight hundred thousand dollars. The uh, all sources handle was seven hundred ninety-nine uh, million. Um, attendance was over a million. Don't forget that they now count in those season tickets every day. Um, but one point one million in hand uh, in attendance. Uh, the handle was the third largest um, in Saratoga history. Uh, it was the eighth season, eighth season where attendance exceeded a million. That excludes 2020, of course, when it was zero. Uh, well, it wasn't literally zero, but it was. Uh, there was no official attendance because uh, fans weren't permitted on track. There were still people, owners and whatnot, could be there. Press could be there, um, but um, again, that that eighth consecutive uh, total of. Uh, over a million does exclude that pandemic season. Um, and I saw in the, yeah, an unprecedented with the weather, uh, 65 races off the turf, just incredible. And I, I think we, were, we are all aware of that because certainly the beginning of the meet, it really affected things. We had a match race uh, when things scratched down to a couple of horses and there were some short fields given the, uh, the, the weather situation certainly so um oh the article in the blood horse was also interesting and i think they, they played off a press release sent out by naira but it, it quotes um saratoga county industrial development agency did a uh, uh, study they attributed 371 million in economic uh, activity and more than 2900 jobs uh they attributed it to the saratoga racing meet so you know if you're ever kind of scratching your head uh and looking for reasons to defend horse racing in saratoga 371 million in economic activity and 2900 jobs certainly jumps off the page um and the report found that they had done a report back a similar report back in 2014 
uh, the economic impact had increased since then 57 percent. So um, the, the track generating a lot of um, revenue for the area and doing it in a upwards trajectory um, as well. Uh, the numbers year versus year total paid attendance was up uh, just under three percent uh races off the turf races off the turf last year there was 16 off the turf this year 65 uh, crazy numbers races canceled uh, due to weather um that was on the 4th of uh, august there was four races canceled again the uh handle was just under $800,000, but it was a dip of about 9% as compared to last year where it was well over uh, $800,000. But a lot of that obviously attributed to um, the situation with the, the weather and the off the turf. And you know, you go from a, a 10 horse potential turf field to a four or five horse dirt field, um, the, the bedding is going to be significantly affected. And so uh, they were off 9% there. Um, total races, uh, 410 versus 417. Um, average field size went down just a touch, uh, 7.64 versus 7.76. And again, much of that I would think would be attributed um, to uh, the scratches and off the turf races. Uh, Klarovich uh, Stables was the meet's leading owner. Um, Chad Brown, Linda Rice tied for uh, the training title. Um, and, and that was uh, an interesting story. And uh, let's see if I have the actual numbers uh, here. I pulled them, yeah, here we go. On the human side of things, um, Chad Brown and Linda Rice each with 35. Now, Chad certainly uh, was affected by the you know diminished turf racing because we all know he has a barn full of turf runners, so that certainly affected uh, him. But Linda Rice, who with the last couple of days was I think four wins down. And I had her on closing day, and she was two wins down there. One maybe on closing day, I think she may, might have been one behind, but she she still uh, needed things to to kind of work her way. And when I had her on on uh, Monday morning, you know, she was eh, you know, eh, we're going to give it the best try we can. And the day plays out, and we got into the last race, and she was one behind and wins it. So Linda Rice wins the first race of the meet and wins the last race of the meet. And the last race of the meet gave her uh, a tie in the training title. Again, both Linda Rice and Chad Brown with 35 wins to uh, tie for the Saratoga training title. Next was Todd Pletcher with 28. Christophe Clement had 19, Bill Mott 17, Brad Cox 14, Mike Maker 12, Steve Asmussen 11. And George Weaver and Rudy Rodriguez tied with 10. But atop the standings tied, Linda Rice and Chad Brown again in a battle that literally came down to the last race of the meet and uh, added a fun little exclamation point on things for 2023. Not coming, <laughs> not coming close to coming down to the last race. This one may have been over halfway through the meet. Uh, Irad Ortiz, 62 wins uh, over his brother with 37. Uh, just an incredible meet for uh, Irad Ortiz. Um, 
So 62 to 37, Irod over Jose Ortiz, Manny Franco with 36, Tyler Gaffleone 34, Luis Saez, who again was on the sidelines for uh, some of the end of the meet, 30, Flavian Prat 28, Joel Rosario 25, Jose Lescano 25, Javier Castellano 20, including his seventh Traffers uh, stakes win, and Dylan Davis uh, with 19. Um, and as I say, Klarovich was the uh, meet leading owner. Some of the other highlights that were listed in this uh, Blood Horse article, uh, trainer Jan Jenna Antonucci, only the second woman to train a Travers winner, does it with Archangelo off the, uh, the layoff from the Belmont Stakes. I thought when I handicapped, I thought, eh, that seems a little, um, a little long perhaps. But, and, and then she said in the, the uh, post-race press conference to all the naysayers, you just made me try harder. And again, uh, Javier Castellano with his seventh Travers victory. So the, uh, the Travers, certainly a highlight of the meet, putting Archangelo firmly atop the, uh, the three-year-old standings at this point because he beat the, the Derby winner, he beat the Preakness winner, he beat last year's two-year-old champion in 4K. So uh, Archangelo now leading that division. Casa Creed, uh, I mentioned on closing day, I pulled up some replays and highlights and I said Casa Creed was one of them as the seven-year-old wins a couple of stakes races up there, including the grade one four-star Dave. We had owner Leon Seidler on after both of the stakes victories and that it was that again was uh, certainly a, a lot of fun uh, when you get a, a veteran like that who can have a season like that the, the first stake of the meet they said he was just tearing down the barn because um, they were planning to wait for the four star Dave so he, uh, he pulls out the uh, the win earlier in the meet um, and then adds the uh, the four-star Dave, uh, the grade one four-star Dave to the resume as well. Um, also, some, one of the highlights listed here, a tribute to Funnyside, who had passed away earlier this summer at age 23. And they have now put the, the grave of Funnyside um, just kind of inside what used to be the clubhouse exchange, uh, a little patch of uh, flowers and whatnot there. So there's a marker. If you didn't see that this year, you can search it out next year. I was kind of surprised they didn't put bury him on clear. I mean, maybe it was being a fan favorite. Maybe it was more appropriate over on the front side. But there's a, a little uh, cemetery of some Saratoga notables over in Clear Court. Uh, so I was kind of surprised that wasn't there. But again, uh, maybe on the front side is appropriate for a horse that was as popular. Um, they also note uh, in this article the enthusiasm for. Um, the Breakfast and Breeding Farm Tour um, it expanded three days a week, um, featured um, Old Tavern Farm, but also Song Hill Thoroughbreds. And Song Hill is Jim and Tina Bond, and I had them on um, the last few days of the meet. Uh, they came and sat with me. And one of the reasons uh, I had them in, I had run into them, and they said, boy, the tours are really knocking it out of the park and so I just wanted to remind people of that to mark it on your calendar for next year you go you get breakfast um, and for a certain fee that you get tied in breakfast and a farm tour so you get breakfast and then I think you also get the normal tour of the backstretch then you hop on a trolley or a tram and uh, one of those CBA CBTA uh, trolleys I think and they, they'll take you out to the, the farm and, and uh, Jim and Tina Bond said they had just a fabulous response 
uh, this summer to that. So that's uh, been a nice addition now, uh, a couple of years old. Um, they list a few of the other highlights here, but I think I hit on the highlights uh, of the meet, uh, which again had its certainly had its downside as well. We mentioned the weather and certainly the, the situation with the two um, fatalities uh, late in stakes races uh, were gut punches, but there was also some highlights that were, were worth noting on the equine side with horses like Cassa Creed and Archangelo. Um, Gunite, Echo Zulu, uh, there were some nice performances there that will play out through the rest of the year in the Breeders' Cup, you would have to think. Uh, and there was also some fun on the human side of things where, again, Irod Ortiz ran away, but that's notable and that's kind of a highlight that a jockey can, can uh, open up a lead like that or open up a gap like that and just kind of dominate. But over on the trainer side, again, that was really, really special with Linda Rice kind of putting an exclamation point on the meet, uh, winning the last race to tie. And it, I congratulate her in the winner's circle because I'd had her on that morning. So uh, I went out and she was clearly very, very, as she should have been, very happy with the uh, the results there. Uh, as and the reaction from the fans as she came in, people taking pictures and there was a lot of applause. I think just, it, it, again, Saratoga is a lot about the stories. That was a fun story coming down to the last race like that and uh, tying for the meet title in the final shot. Having been four behind with only a couple days to go, that was a, a big finish for uh, Linda Rice. And again, congratulations to Chad Brown as well. He also had a very, very good meet. And as I noted earlier, uh, certainly uh, the, the fact that uh, we missed 60-some turf races had to affect uh, his total this year. But Fun stories uh, all around, humans and equine uh, athletes as well. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll continue our news and notes or hopefully make uh, contact with Jenny Reese. So stay tuned. All of that when Racing Across America continues. No matter where in the world you are, the excitement of wagering on horse racing is just a click away. You'll get live streaming, past performances, race replays, our virtual tote board, analysis and selections from professional handicappers, a simple, safe, and secure wagering platform, and best of all, you get track prices. CapitalOTBBet.com. Bet any place, anytime at CapitalOTBBet.com. And be sure to download our new mobile app from the iTunes Store or Google Play. Capital OTB is now streaming live on Roku. The RTN Racing Channel on Roku lets you watch OTB TV live through your Roku device or your Amazon Fire Stick, rather than being limited to computers and mobile devices, which means you can now watch OTB live wherever you are. Simply open Roku, scroll to find the RTN channel, then click on OTB TV. OTB TV on Roku. Try it now.
Welcome back. Happy to be joined now by our friend Jenny Reese, live from Kentucky Downs. Jenny, good morning. Yeah, hey. And, and as Kentucky Downs is all turf racing, I have to ask you, is uh, how is the weather down at Kentucky Downs today? I think we may have lost Jenny. Yeah, that, because I have silence. I have silence in my ear. Okay, um, I'm being told we're going to try to call right back. So we will. We will. I, I will. I will vamp until then, and I will let you know that currently uh, on the human side of Kentucky Downs. Again, we're just past the halfway point on the human side down at Kentucky Downs. Um, Tyler Gaffleone is slightly in the lead. Brendan Walsh off to a very good start uh, down there. Um, they're your leaders currently. Again, just past the halfway point. Jenny, do we have you? I, I'm still not. It, it, the, the ringing stopped, but I, I still don't. I, I still don't have anything. Why don't I? Uh, uh, good question. Why why don't I plow through uh, our stakes recap and uh, then maybe we'll try Jenny a little bit later. Um, um, I had pulled up some stakes from uh, from the summer uh, because obviously we were so concentrated on uh, Saratoga that I pulled up um, stakes, some of the major stakes from the summer out of town that, that, you know, I think we talked about probably in the morning, but uh, maybe didn't get a chance to see or, or note in the, the importance that they offer, particularly, you know, going forward uh, on the year. Um, so I thought we would maybe t get a chance to take a look at, at a little list of those and, and kind of you know, give us that chance to recap some of the bigger summer action that was outside of Saratoga. Because again, we're very Saratoga centric uh, when we're in the middle of the season. So uh, first I wanted to look, and we'll kind of go chronologically back. Some of these, you know, like this, uh, the, the Pacific Classic was really just the other day. Um, and the Pacific Classic was notable because of the three-year-olds in here, uh, particularly Arabian Night and uh, Go Rocket Ride. Go Rocket Ride off the win in the Haskell back on uh, July 22nd. Um, lightly raced, uh, wound up going off as the two to one second choice. The favorite, uh, Go Rocket Rides the one. The favorite was the nine, Arabian Night for uh, uh, trainer Bob Baffert. Also lightly raced and Arabian Night holds on there. Uh, only the fourth career start, the third career win. Uh, this one had run third behind Go Rocket Ride in the Haskell. But that was only the uh, third start of the career. Now in the fourth start of the career, wins the Pacific Classic with Go Rocket Ride running second, um, which I think <laughs> maybe winds up to be a little bit of an indictment of the, the uh, handicap division <coughs> out in Southern California. Slow down Andy, runs third, Senior Buscador fourth. Defunded, who at 5-1 to one was the um, third choice, runs sixth. Um, so again, the older horses there, not, not particularly knocking out of the park, but uh, we have noted it 
for a while now. The older division isn't super strong this year. That said, the three-year-old division hasn't been super strong either. But they did it out, uh, out at Del Mar in the Pacific Classic this past weekend uh, with, uh, uh, again, uh, Arabian Night kind of stamping himself as, I, I, would, I would label it one to watch because it was only the fourth career start. But in the fourth career start, you step up and you beat older in a, you know, a million-dollar uh, grade one event. That's notable. So we will see. Um, Archangelo clearly at the head of the, the three-year-old class. But Arabian Night now, if that one could do a little something in the Breeders' Cup Classic, maybe upsets the apple cart there. Um, but as I say, it also is a little bit of a knock on the, the older division who uh, were... Yeah. Have been so far, but we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. There, there are still some races to come this fall, and then of course, the Breeders' Cup will uh, tend to sort things out. Also, wanted to pull up another uh, race. This one notable because th this is a an interesting horse. Uh, the Pat O'Brien out at uh, Del Mar. This was a couple of weeks back. Pat O'Brien is a, a Grade Two um, Sprint Stake. And it usually produces some sprinters of interest as the year progresses. And this horse, to me, was a little bit interesting when you look at his record. Uh, the winner in here is going to be Anarchist, the number nine horse. Goes out for a trainer, Doug O'Neill. But you look at his record, as I say, this is very interesting. Um, Anarchist gets the nice win in the, uh, the Pat O'Brien, the number nine horse, as you can see on the lead here, the chart margin will wind up to be three quarters of a length because Bye Bye Bobby at 33 to one makes a nice late run. Uh, Anarchist was the favorite at five to two, um, but the the lifetime record now three for 12 with seven second place finishes. Um, so we're talking um, 10 times in the money in 12, 10 times in the exacta in 12 starts, but three wins in seven seconds. Uh, it's just kind of notable that this horse tends to like to knock on the door a little bit and not go through, but that was not the case in the, the uh, Pat O'Brien a couple of weeks ago. Um, had the lead and uh, uh, the 33 to one shot was coming, but I don't know whether there's ever a point where you thought, oh, this horse is gonna get beat. So that was a pretty convincing victory again in a sprint stakes race out in Southern California that tends to produce uh, some interesting runners as the year goes forward. Uh, also just wanted to, uh, before we show the Charlestown Classic, wanted to show that one as well because we had talked about it a little bit uh, on the show. Um, and I didn't pull up a replay, but also on that card, I did want to mention um, Vava won the Charlestown Oaks. Uh, for Cherie DeVoe, but I wanted to mention that because we had Terry Finley on with us either the morning of the Charlestown Classic or it was the day before. I've forgotten now, but we talked uh, a little bit about um, they had giant game in the Classic itself, but they also had Vava in the uh, Charlestown Oaks, and Vava was a nice winner of that Charlestown Oaks. Went off as the 7-5 to five favorite and uh, got it done by over a length down there. So again, nice win. Uh, in one of the, the rich stakes, three quarters of a million dollars up for grabs in the Charlestown Classic, and they got it done with Vava. On the other hand, in the uh, Charlestown Classic itself, they had Giant Game in there, went off as the second choice at two to one, 
Disappointed a little bit in the Charlestown Classic, the giant game running sixth. But the winner was the favorite at 7-5, Skippy Longstocking. Tyler Gaffleone ships in for the ride from Saratoga, goes out for Safi Joseph, and you can see here, wins pretty easily. The chart margin is five lengths. O'Connor runs second. Dash attack, uh, Ken McPeak runner, I thought was interesting throughout the career, runs third in here. But it was a pretty, as I say, convincing victory. There was no threat there coming down the lane. Led all the way in the Charlestown Classic. A million dollars up for grabs, and Skippy Longstocking gets it done with, as I say, Tyler Gaffleone in the saddle. So uh, congratulations to all the connections there. Uh, another one that, that I think we had talked about a little bit uh, on the show, um, but I just wanted to reiterate because it's our friends up at uh, Woodbine, and they wound up a field of 17 in the King's Plate. And that was, you know, the last couple of weeks there's been a lot of conversation. Should we consider synthetic, synthetic racetracks? Uh, and Mark Cassie has been out there as a proponent of that, pointing to, uh, you know, the, his stats with horses up at uh, Woodbine and stats he's kept himself and, and whatnot. But a lot of the conversation about the synthetic is, eh, you know, the breeders will, will push back and... Um, is it as popular, and do we get horses that that are as good, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? But then you look and you see seventeen horses show up in the uh, King's Plate, and I was a little bit surprised. Uh, the favorite at four to one was Kalik for uh, Chad Brown. Uh, that one had come up from uh, Saratoga. The previous start had been the Belmont Derby, but Kalik uh, going out for Chad Brown and company, the number six horse. Really disappoints that, you know, a lukewarm 4-1 to one favorite, but with 17 horses, that's what you get. Kalik winds up 13th, but had some trouble. But I was surprised Paramount Prince, the number 13, who is uh, winning here. Chart margin winds up to be 1.5. Elysian Field uh, runs second at 9-2. to two. So it was a Mark Cassie um, exacta. But what was surprising to me was uh, the Paramount Prince... Um, only five starts in the career so far. Two wins, two seconds coming into this. Two wins, two seconds, and a third. But was coming out of the, the win in the plate trial. Um, and so it, it's not so much surprising to me the horse won. The horse won at 8-1. to one. So um, you got a nice little $18 mutual there for a Cassie horse that was coming in, not just in good form, but had won the plate trial. As I say... Uh, Running second was Elysian Field, so it was a Mark Cassie um, exacta for a buck. The exacta forty-six dollars. The Cassie Cassie exacta ninety-two dollars uh, there, but it was a nice win for um, uh, Paramount Prince. Uh, and I also wanted to show this race because coming up on Tuesday at Fort Erie, second leg of the Canadian Triple Crown, the Prince of Wales Stakes. Uh, at Fort Erie. That's coming up on Tuesday, and sure enough, Paramount Prince is entered. I, I think they were kind of wavering because, uh, you know, this the race we just looked at was synthetic at Woodbine. Second leg is dirt. Third leg back at Woodbine is turf of the Canadian Triple Crown. And I think they were kind of wavering up coming out of this, whether they would go, um, but Paramount Prince is entered this Tuesday. Leg number two of the... Uh, the Canadian Triple Crown, so we'll see what he can do. But again, looked pretty good uh, winning the King's Plate. Uh, again, I thought convincingly, and I also thought surprisingly, 
at the price coming up. You know, it's a Mark Cassie runner-up at Woodbine, where he is a high percentage guy and has been for years, and coming out of the, you know, the prep, the specific prep, the Queen's Plate trial, the King's Plate trial, um, and a nice win there. So the $18 I thought was kind of uh, generous. Uh, and I'm, I'm noting, it once again, that the Chad Brown runner did have some trouble in the race that I think offered a little bit of an excuse there. I uh, also wanted to uh, pull up one of the other big races of the summer. They had it at Colonial Downs. You used to see it at uh, uh, Arlington, obviously, the Arlington Million. Um, and... We are going to see set piece get it done here. I had Brad Cox on the show. We talked a little bit about this. Um, and I think this was his grade one win. Um, he was a graded stakes winner, but I think this put a grade one on the resume and did it at age seven. Set piece is going to be the number three horse. You can see the nice late run there in the Judmont colors. Chart margin is going to be a couple lengths. Went off at five to one, running second, Santin. At seven to one, Adamo was the favorite at four to one for Chad Brown, but winds up third. But set piece gets it done. Again, seven year old career victory number 13 and career start number 29, well over a million dollars in the bank coming into this. So goes over, you know, one and a half million, well over one and a half million here with the Arlington million, million dollar purse uh, in his back pocket. So set piece uh, getting it done in the. Uh, the Arlington Million. Gigante, I didn't pull up the replay, but uh, Gigante uh, for Steve Asmussen wins the secretariat in that subdivision I like of uh, the three-year-olds uh, on the turf. Um, oh, oh. Um, so again, I didn't pull up uh, the replay of the secretariat with Gigante getting it done. Um, who, I'm looking at a, a win at um, Indy, Indiana in a little ungraded stake to start the season and then had run sixth and third uh, in a couple other ungraded stakes races, but goes over to uh, Colonial and wins the, the grade two secretariat. Fairly lightly raced uh, three-year-old on the turf. That was only the ninth career start for the Asmussen runner. We'll see what's up next for that one. But I did want to pull up a replay of uh, the uh, Beverly D. We'll take a look at Fev Rover getting it done here. Um, and I wanted to show this one because uh, Fevrover entered uh, this afternoon up at Woodbine. Fevrover going out for the aforementioned Mark Cassie, Javier Castellano on board. This was the Beverly D. Again, used to years ago, not that, not that long ago, but uh, some years ago, was the big day up at Arlington, Arlington Million Day, Secretary Bev D, Arlington Million, now uh, this year at Colonial. Uh, the Bev D still a grade one, though. Uh, short field of five, but Fevrover gets it done by uh, well over three lengths as the uh, three to five favorite. And as I say, entered later this afternoon in the Canadian up at Woodbine. So we'll see what that one can do, uh, being a Mark Cassie trainee. Don't let that one escape today uh, like uh, they let Paramount Prince escape. Coming off a nice win, being a Mark Cassie uh, trainee. Um, I would, I would doubt you'd get a price, but I probably would have doubted that on Paramount Prince uh, as well. So that gives you a look at some of the uh, stakes action over the summer that, as I say, uh, notable, but we missed, um, given that we are very Saratoga-centric and 
deservedly so when we're on the back stretch up at Saratoga. But there's uh, a little bit of a look at uh, Pacific Classic, uh, Charlestown Classic, Kings Plate, Arlington Million, and whatnot. Um, as I say, notable as big summertime stakes races, and as such, they play probably become notable going into the fall and into the Breeders' Cup as well. So well worth a look, uh, a look back. Um, all right, we'll take a, a break. Uh, we will uh, do some news and notes when we come back. Um, it looks like, uh, I think we'll probably scratch Jenny because it looks like we were having some phone problems. So we will, uh, uh, I, when we come back, I'll talk a little of uh, Kentucky Downs and just line up some of the stakes action for this afternoon uh, as well. And as I say, hit on some news and notes. So we'll step back, take another break. Racing Across America continues first Saturday back in the studio after a summertime uh, on our Clare Court set up in, uh, up in uh, Saratoga. So we're happy to be here. Happy you joined us. Stay tuned. Be back in a few. What if there was a way to become a better horse player, to have a better knowledge of the game, to be more successful? What if there were a way to take what you've learned, what you know, and make better decisions, better choices, in horse racing, knowledge is a powerful tool. Race results and replays, past performances and live streaming, wagering from all your digital devices. Capital OTB, become a better horse player. No matter where in the world you are, the excitement of wagering on horse racing is just a click away. You'll get live streaming, past performances, race replays, our virtual tote board, analysis and selections from professional handicappers, a simple, safe, and secure wagering platform, and best of all, you get track prices. CapitalOTBBet.com. Bet any place, anytime at CapitalOTBBet.com. And be sure to download our new mobile app from the iTunes Store or Google Play. Capital OTB is now streaming live on Roku. The RTN Racing Channel on Roku lets you watch OTB TV live through your Roku device or your Amazon Fire Stick, rather than being limited to computers and mobile devices, which means you can now watch OTB live wherever you are. Simply open Roku, scroll to find the RTN channel, then click on OTB TV. OTB TV on Roku. Try it now. Welcome back to Racing Across America. Again, uh, Kentucky Downs, big stakes day uh, today. They're uh, day five of their seven. Yeah, day <laughs> I had to do the math in my head there for a moment. I knew they had four days down and three days to go. Uh, day five of the uh, seven-day meet. Uh, rich, a, a very rich seven-day meet, which means, uh, you know, like Field of Dreams, if you build it, they will come. If you offer millions and millions of dollars, they will also come, as they have so far early in the meet. And they will this afternoon as well with a lot of great stakes action. Um, so let's take a look at, uh, at some of that. Um, I'm going to be, we're going to be showing it on the network this afternoon, and so I've handicapped Kentucky Downs for today. We'll give us some thoughts here on some of the stakes action, and let's start out with uh, the uh, the 12th today is going to be the Turf Cup, uh, $400,000 for up for grabs in uh, grade two event, mile and a half on the grass. Um, I pulled up a, a replay of 
going back to Ellis, they did a, they, they, I think it might have actually been a couple days. I was going to say a day, but I think it was actually a couple days of uh, Kentucky Downs preview races. This was the Kentucky Downs preview turf cup. Uh, we're going to look at number seven, me and Mr. C win number. Afternoon. Um, I used some uh, me and Mr. C uh, in my mix, but I put on top never explain. Um, cellist, I will say, this is a, a, a kind of a ding-dong finish, I will note. Neck three-quarters, head half neck. So the top five were right there. But when things were sorted out at 15 to 1, it was me and Mr. C. So again, that 15 to 1 price, I... I couldn't ignore the horse, but I put it down the third spot. Never explain, explain though, goes for uh, Shug. Has been training up here at Saratoga. Um, tried the Arlington Million that we saw earlier and ran an okay fourth in there. Now ships down to uh, Kentucky Downs to take a shot in here. Um, three wins so far uh, this year in seven starts, and that includes going back to uh, the race uh, at Pimlico, the dinner party where the horse ran uh, nicely at 15 to 1 and played into a little bankroll I had that day um, at that generous price. So I kind of went back to that. Um, the races subsequently were okay. They weren't wins, but they were okay. Uh, at 8 to 1 on the morning line, I played around a little bit there in the Turf Cup. Red Knight, um, nine years old is Red Knight. Uh, Tyler Gaffleone on board, and as I noted earlier, Tyler Gaffleone currently uh, in the lead. Uh, amongst the jockeys down there. Barely, again, with a short number of days, limited number of amounts, but does have the lead. Uh, the nine-year-old Red Knight coming in off a third-place finish behind Therapist in the United Nations last time. Therapist is back in here. I looked at that one. A couple of veterans, a Red Knight at nine, Therapist at uh, eight, age eight. Be interesting to see what those two can do. But I just thought Red Knight, maybe I... A little more consistent. I thought the United Nations win, Therapist may be worth a look. But I thought Red Knight was racing a little more consistently, and then I put me and Mr. C uh, in the third spot. So I had it, uh, the Turf Cup today, 8, 2, 6, and 4. Um, uh, the race just prior to the Turf Cup is going to be the uh, Ladies Turf Sprint. Um, and again, they had a couple of those preview days down at Ellis Park. So I pulled up one of those Kentucky Downs preview ladies turf sprint race at uh, Ellis Park on August 5th. It will be the number one Baystorm getting it done over Quaria Comet, the number 10. I went with Baystorm in here on top. Quaria Comet is back this afternoon. I put that one in the third spot in between those two, Wakanaka for uh, Bill Mott, but Baystorm off of this effort. Baystorm, again, the number one horse, going to just hold off the oncoming Quaria Comet, but do it. I, I like that gutsy uh, hold off on the on the inside there. Gets it done by a neck. Um, and Baystorm off of that effort, um, just let me tilt slightly in that direction. It's a, it's a competitive race on a track where uh, horses just can like it or not like it. Let's put it that way. Uh, Baystorm has a try here in this race last year. Ran second behind the talented Campanelle. Second by that much. So there's already a little form over the track coming in off of that good effort. 
last time at Ellis. So that one, uh, Bay Storm on top. Wakanaka uh, comes in off a second place finish in the caress behind the uh, next out winner, Roses for Deborah. I thought that was a good effort to uh, perhaps build on for the Mott Trainee and Quaria Comet off of that effort we just saw there. Nice closing effort. Bay Storm just wouldn't let her go by, but I thought she put in a very, very good run there. So uh, I have it in the ladies' turf sprint, 6-3, 2-7. and seven. We'll go a few races earlier here because this one's going to be kind of interesting, I think. Um, we'll go back to uh, race number eight on the card at uh, Kentucky Downs this afternoon. It's going to be the Franklin Simpson. These are sprinters going six and a half. And the race I pulled up is the race and the horse I put on top. Uh, the race I'm looking at and the winner from that race are what I think makes this uh, an intriguing edition of the Franklin Simpson. We're going to go back and look at the Mahoney, uh, August 13th. The winner will be number three, closed the game 19 to 1, trained by Adam Rice, who with this victory, uh, Dave Grenig tweeted out he had won his last four starts at Saratoga. Typically, I think all of them shipped in from Presque Isle, where Adam Rice is based, uh, and closed the game's the number three horse. Uh, you can see the nice late run here at a big price, pays 41. I had used, and, and he, he had run his record to four wins in the last four starts at Saratoga. But one of them was earlier on the card at a price with a horse I liked and had used on top. And so I was very happy already with Adam Rice. But I let this one get away. I thought in the stakes race, eh, that may be pushing it. But it gets it done at a $41 price. And I... Went down in the winner's circle afterwards, and he was on cloud nine, obviously. Come to Saratoga, win a couple of races, including a stakes race. Um, and and uh, Taylor Rice, the, the former jockey now married to Jose Ortiz, was standing there. And she looked at me and said, she said, you want him on TV? I said, yes, I do. Unfortunately, he was headed out of town uh, later to go back to Presque Isle, so we couldn't get him on. But I think that, you know, close... close Close the game, Sugar. That was the third start of the career. Comes in from Presque Isle and gets a win. Had debuted up at Saratoga last year. So three starts. Debuts at Saratoga, wins. Then comes back. Second start of the career off a long layoff. Comes back in June and tries a stakes race at Presque Isle and runs second. Then goes up to Saratoga in the third start of the career and wins a stakes race. I think close the game, Sugar, is very interesting. Morning line is 6-1. to one. But as I say, the, I talked about the stories up at Saratoga. This is a, an interesting per, potential story down there with Adam Rice shipping down from his Presque Isle uh, base with a horse that has shown some real potential uh, in only uh, three career starts so far. Going up against some heavy hitters, though. Playlist uh, going out for Wesley Ward comes in off a Saratoga optional claiming win. This will be the first try in a stakes race, but it's Wesley Ward with a turf sprinter. Sweet Cherry Pie for Rusty Arnold. Comes in out of a stakes win at Monmouth, but in an off-the-turfer, and has yet to try the turf. But Irod Ortiz hops on board. I This one at 5-1 to one is interesting. Mostache um, going out for Vicky Oliver. Has some early speed, and on the cutback could be intriguing. Uh, for me, in that 8th uh, at Kentucky Downs today, 11, 6, 7, and 8. That, those are just three of, uh, I believe, six total stakes races at Kentucky Downs uh, this afternoon. 
Um, we Again, we'll have it here on the network. I'll be looking during the day, looking forward to it. Should be fun. Uh, I Again, uh, let me just give you a little more info on where we are right now, and I'll compare it to last year as far as jockey and trainer. It's a short meet, so you have to um, make things work a little bit uh, at Kentucky Downs, uh, work for you. And I said earlier on the trainer side of things, Brendan Walsh is making it work for him. Early in the meet, uh, 15 starters, again, with a limited number of days so far. You're not going to have a... a, a boatload of starters but 15 starters six wins so far for brendan walsh so he's gotten off to a great start there uh i see you're not gonna have a boatload of starts well uh, let me take that back mike maker 29 starts so far four wins he's sitting in second safi joseph with three wins sitting in third on the uh jockey side of things tyler gaffleone with six jose ortiz with five declan cannon with four and flojo florent Giro with a three now I'll take a look at last year and just give you an indication of maybe who's chasing, who's going to try to get back to what they did last year. First of all, Tyler Gaffleone currently on top. He wound up the leader last year with nine wins. Joel Rosario was second. Gerardo Corrales was third. Irad uh, was fourth last year at Kentucky Downs. But again, Tyler, Gaff Tyler Gaffleone down in Kentucky is very potent as after he moved from Florida to kind of make Kentucky his home base, and we're happy to have Tyler on the show this year. But uh, he has been very potent in Kentucky. We will see if he can keep it up here over the uh, next three days at Kentucky Downs. And on the trainer side of things, as I say, Brendan Walsh, um, the leader so far with the six wins, he's not even on my list here. The top ten from last, top nine I have here from last year. Mike Maker currently sitting second was the leader last year. Mike Maker currently with four wins. Last year he had twelve. Um, we will see. In the last three days of the meet, can he chase that total? Wesley Ward was second last year with six. Seffi Joseph third uh, with five. Um, so we'll see. Brendan Walsh though with the six. I, and I, I did not look up to see, you know, entries over the, the last few days of the meet um, to get an idea of how many Brendan Walsh has in. But you would think at this point he seems to be in potentially a good spot. I talked about the leaders um, on the human side, uh, jockeys and trainers at uh, Saratoga. Did not mention because it was a it was certainly notable early in the meet where and it extended a while. I mean we were a couple three weeks in, favorites were still winning at uh, thirty nine or forty percent, and we said at the time you know it, it it all tends to even out over time. Typically at any meet favorites will be from thirty to maybe thirty six percent, and we were right in that. The uh, meet ended. Um, 143 winning favorites in 410 races, 34.9%. So essentially 35% winning favorites. It, it was on the high end of that normal 30 to 36%, which isn't a surprise given what happened earlier in the meet. But it did even out uh, as time went by. So there was your winning favorite number, 35% for the meet. Uh, also wanted to touch on just... Um, some new oh I will I will hit on this because again if you're out there and you are uh, thinking about you're a young person maybe you got interested in the game during Saratoga maybe you, you went and uh, 
I know our friend uh, Anise Mount Pleasure uh, had the Amplify tours. If you maybe went on one of those, or just if you went over for breakfast and went on a backstretch tour, and as a young person thought, this is kind of intriguing. Um, the New York Thoroughbred Breeders and the State University of New York uh, College of Agricultural and Technology at Cobleskill. Um, they have an animal science program that um, has According to, I pulled up an article from the uh, from the Blood Horse uh, has students focused on uh, breeding in the racing industries, but uh, they had a nice tour. I, and I bring it up because I ran into him, uh, Tom Gallo, who, head of uh, New York Thoroughbred uh, Breeders, um, had a whole group there. And I, Tom heads up Dream Makers, and I didn't really look at the group to begin with, but I said, "Hey, how y'all doing?" And I said to Tom, "You." bringing new people, uh, you know, is this a dream makers group? I thought maybe he had a horse running because he was standing downstairs in the clubhouse. And he said, no, they're students from Cobleskill. And I looked and realized they were all college-age kids. Um, but it was a nice group and, and a nice program. They, they spent a day at the track and, you know, backstretch and paddock and uh, whatnot. And Tom was kind of taking them around with some other folks. Um, but again, I remind you, uh, you, if you are a young person or no one, uh, it sounds like a nice program at Cobleskill. And as I say, they were... Uh, spending the day at the track and all seemed to, have, I asked them if they were having a good time and they all seemed to be having a very good time. So that was good to see a group of the young people out at the racetrack, uh, potentially moving into the industry at some point as well, the fresh faces. Um, and I will once again plug Anise Mount Pleasure's um, Amplify group, but uh, check that out. Uh, check out their website because she's doing great work introducing people uh, to the, the industry as well. All right, I'm going to wrap it up again. Uh, sorry for the phone uh, situation. Uh, tried to get Jenny Reese on to talk a little Kentucky Downs, uh, but we did have a little technical difficulty. Hopefully, though, we gave you some ideas. Certainly, we'll be looking at Kentucky Downs a little bit later uh, this afternoon. Don't forget, here at the Clubhouse Racebook today, uh, Fan Appreciation Day. Come on down. It gives us our chance to say thank you to you for a great Saratoga summer. First 50 folks through the door will get a $2 bet voucher. So you get to make a little bet on us and maybe make a little something there. There's also a win a bet contest, match bet drawings. We'll have free food, beverage, dessert. Yes, we're always giving back to the player, particularly when we can say thank you to you for that great Saratoga summer season that uh, you allowed us to have here at Capital OTB. But now we're back in the studio. And so now, again, the temperature is like 60 degrees. My hands are free. Now, actually, right now, the temperature is fine. We'll see how the rest of the day, the day plays out. Uh, but it was fun to be up in Saratoga. I said it yesterday. Yesterday was our first day back in the studio. But as a lot of people uh, maybe are working on Fridays and only get a chance to, to watch on Saturday, I said it on closing day on Monday. But I will once again say always appreciate the feedback. Obviously, Saratoga on the front side. That's our audience, um, and so as I walk around the facility during the uh, season, get a lot of great feedback, and I'd, I'd like to pass it on to the guys behind the scenes who do a great job, but I appreciate uh, everybody who stopped and, and said, you know, good work, we're enjoying it. Um, seems more and more people are now catching on to, uh, if you're only in Saratoga in the summer, you can watch the program the rest of the year. I was talking to a lot of people who, uh, I got donuts from the Long Island folks. Uh, great uh, couple that I, uh, saw, I, I, it was 
the last few days of the meet. Uh, there was one day I was walking out and they had a couple of chairs planted over on the clubhouse turn after the races, but they were still just, it was a, a gorgeous night. And I stopped and talked to them for a while. I've talked in previous years, um, but then the next day they stopped and they watched from Long Island the rest of the year. Um, and they stopped the next day and delivered some donuts, which uh, was much appreciated. But again, uh, uh, a lot of folks have said, I watch here, I watch there the rest of the year. They've caught on to, they can go to the website, capitalotb.com, morning programming stream there, or our YouTube channel, or uh, watch us on RTN, Roku, and the Fire Stick and whatnot. And as I say, more and more people are catching on. If you know folks who haven't yet, alert them if they uh, like the programming in the summer and then go home to someplace else. There are plenty of uh, spots to catch the morning programming. But again, appreciate all the great feedback uh, we got throughout the summer. But now, back in the studio. That means uh, we'll wrap it up for the morning programming, but we'll be back probably about an hour and a half or so to uh, kind of kick things off for the afternoon. Again, no New York racing. That kicks in on Thursday. Belmont at Aqueduct. Uh, also, the Churchill September meet will kick, on, kick in on uh, Thursday as well. But... We'll be back to look at a lot of great action, including that great stakes action in Kentucky Downs a little bit later on this afternoon, about an hour and a half or so. So we'll see you then. You're watching OTB TV, a service of Capital Off-Track Betting.